0: And welcome to Living Word Ministries, where impacting lives and changing the world. Join us as we dive into the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you all. I thank God today for Pastor Charles giving me an opportunity to encourage each other in the Word. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a reverend. I'm not a bishop, but by grace, I'm standing here (laughs) to encourage us in the word of God. Okay, so let's get right to it. The reason why I asked for that song to be sung is because the theme I would like to encourage us in today is about grace. You know, grace, we've heard that a lot unmerited favor we don't deserve it so I just want us to it's very simple I won't be long talk about grace and in the middle of this short presentation I'm going to give a testimony a testimony about how I experienced grace personally. This one, nobody can tell me it wasn't God. The place where I stayed to uh, these last two days, last night, it's like, they call them like theater digs for actors. You book, and then, so it's a stranger, in some stranger's house. So, this morning, I was ironing my Do you like it? It's by grace. So (laughs) I asked lady, please, can I have ironing board? So the ironing board was near where she was doing some writing. So she was in the room. So she plugged it near her. I wanted to take it to my room so I can be just with my privacy. She said, no, plug it there. So as I was ironing, She said, what? Where are you going? I said, I'm going to church. She said, oh, I used to believe. I said, I used to. So she said, I don't believe anymore. So anyway, that led me, because she asked, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to talk about grace. So I started talking about grace. Grace. By the end of the conversation, she said, I don't believe in this guy. It's made up, a made up guy. So I said, okay, good. I'm definitely going to come and talk today about how I experience grace. We can read about the theological meaning, and we can sometimes say some of these phrases like we just say it. And the testimony actually is not something I'm very proud about. It's something that happened. But I need to tell you, and when I get to it, you'll understand why. When I get to that part, you'll understand why. It's to do with how I came to Christ and how I met Pastor Charles and why I'm here today now. It's 25 years later or something, you know. All of that is by grace, you will see. So, all right, let's get to it. Grace is often translated as unmerited favor. And this is not incorrect. But if we go to the Hebrew word for grace, we will see from the root meaning of that word some expansion of, de- of definitions and meanings of grace. Okay? Right? So I, am, I got inspiration from this from an article called The Meaning of Grace from a Hebrew Perspective by Jeff A. Benner, B-E-N-N-E-R. It's only about a four-minute read, so when you have time, you can check it for yourself. The meaning of grace from a Hebrew perspective. And these guys are, are linguists. They've studied, you know, the original word before it came to the English. Do you understand? Not that you might not find a useful definition in the English, unmerited favor, it's correct, but if you go to the Hebrew, right, which is the, you know, the language that Jesus spoke and he spoke Aramaic and it's the language of the Old Testament. New Testament is Greek, right? It says the root meaning of the Hebrew word for grace. There's a verb in that, in that original language, yeah? That means to pitch a tent or to camp, right? So, and I'm reading directly from the article now. He says, The tents were set up in a sort of circle, and these tents serve as a wall. You know, the Hebrews when they were traveling, separate the wall separating the inside of the camp from the outside. At this point, it will be helpful to examine the pictographic Hebrew script that used to originally write the word. I don't speak Hebrew. I'm. 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 I'm, uh, Right. You can imagine. The first letter is the letter which was written as and then they draw it. And it's a picture of a wall having the meaning of separation as the wall separates the inside from the outside. The second letter is the letter which was written as another squiggle. And it's a picture of a sprouting seed the meaning of continue as the seed continues a lineage to the next generation. When these two letters are combined, they mean the wall that continues. The tent in the picture above, Is, there it is are a wall that continues around the camp. Now, are you, are you getting where I'm coming from? A camp is a place of protection, it's a place of soccer, it's a place where you feel safe. This is from this original word, Okay. Now, the verb, the roots of the Hebrew word, have parallel appearances in other passages in the Bible and help to expand the meaning of grace. And it's rendered as mercy. And you can see in the New Testament we have now, may grace and mercy, you know, Paul says, grace and mercy be to you. He's saying it over and over and over again. Right? So, what is mercy? Mercy is the withholding of judgment or punishment or something that you deserve. For instance, if as, how many people drive here? Ah, a lot of people. Uncle? You don't drive? You drive. Right. So, have you ever come across, or if you don't drive, have you ever seen a traffic warden Putting tickets on a car. Actually putting it. Yeah? Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me. You come around the corner and you just meet them. And they are, they are doing it with, you know, determination and conviction. Nothing will stop them because they've seen their past. And have you ever wanted to go to them and say, please, I beg. Have mercy. Because that's the only thing that will get you out of it. You'll have to have mercy because it's right to put it there. You understand? You have you have contravened, you have broken, and you deserve that particular punishment. Yeah. They never give mercy. They put even if you are black, they are black. They will put that thing there, and they will make it like this, so you can't uh, uh, you cannot remove it. And then it will take picture. It will go around the car, will take picture. And if you begin to make nonsense, it will take picture of you as well. And, and, and then it will go looking for the next one. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that that moment when they are putting it is the moment when you are feeling, I wish you will have mercy on me. Just remove it and so I can go for it. Because it's if f- you have to pay money. And if you miss that, you know, they say 14 days, if you miss it 28 days, it's going higher, it's going higher. And then if you can get to the point where it goes so high, it goes to the council. The council now said, it's going to bailiff. And then those bailiffs are worse than the traffic water. They are. They have no mercy whatsoever, those guys. Right? They come and they it's happened to me, man. They are, <coughs> I was in a house one day. I don't even know how the guy got in the house. I was in a room in the house. I just heard a knock on the door. It was a guy, I standing there. He said, is that your car out there? I said, yeah. He said, we're going to take it unless you give us 800 pounds. See, it has expanded. 800 pounds. I needed it in my car. I pleaded with that guy. No mercy. No grace. I had to give him 800 pounds. 800 pounds so I could keep my car. So I could get out of that wahala. Do you understand? You see how wahala can multiply? Well, I'm going to explain to you now how grace can abound and multiply as well. Right? And for that, you need Jesus. There's no other way. Sorry. Right? Okay. So even though we deserve judgment, we ask God for patience. We ask him, and he gives us something better. He blesses us with pity, compassion, cancelling the debt, cancelling the whatever it was that may have got you into a situation. You all know, I don't need to, you all know yourselves. You all know your conscience. You all know when you look in the mirror, the areas or the recurring things that you think, ah-ah, this thing has come back. Ah-ah, why? I've made improvement here, but here again. Do you understand? Well, I've got good news for you. Grace is there to help you through. That's what grace is for. Okay? So now, when we look at that expansion of grace from that Hebrew word to the other areas, those particular Hebrew um, letters and phonetics come from, we begin to see things like uh, King James, Psalm 6:2 Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am weak. O Lord, heal me, for my bones are vexed. You begin to hear and see things like in Psalm 30, 10. Hear, O Lord. Hear, O Lord. That means you are talking to the Lord. Have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Psalm forty one ten. But thou, O Lord, be merciful unto me and raise me up that I may requite them. Uh, Psalm 57 verse 1, be merciful unto me, O God, be merciful unto me, for my soul trusteth in thee, yea, in the shadow of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities are overpassed. Calamities is wahala, right? (laughs) You're laughing. (laughs) O oh, turn unto me and have mercy on me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaiden. Psalm 86, 16. And this is all related to that Hebrew word, grace. You see that? Right? So in those 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, those, those, those verses, we have give strength. Have mercy, give me strength. Have mercy, so I can take refuge. Right? Have mercy, raise me up when I'm down, right? Have mercy, help me with whatever it is I'm going through. You, you add that for yourself. Put yourself in that. What do you need help? Yeah, God can help you. But it's by grace, okay? And what I find so uh, fascinating, which I'm moving on now. There are times when you might think, why should God help me? I've done this, or I've been like this, right? Why, 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 why should I be helped? Especially those who are not Christians who are looking. They're looking on the outside like the lady, my landlady today. You know, she's looking at me. She's asking me. I'm telling her how grace has operated in my life, and she's telling me now, yeah, but this, this God is just made up. You understand? So you need to know for yourself that God really is and God really helped me. And that's why I'm going to continue to praise him. You understand? You need to be sure of that for yourself. Alright? So now, we come to New Testament. Ephesians 4, 7. But to each one of us, each one of us that believe and accepted Jesus, grace has been given. So from the time you give your life to Christ, he's giving you, wow! It's there. Do you understand? That mercy, that that grace, that favor, that help, so on and so forth, is there. The minute you accept Him, but there's such an abundance of grace that uh, you have to grow in it and learn more about it and keep going and keep going. Do you understand? Right, so that we can tell others. Okay. Now I want to come to. Samson. You've all heard of Samson, the strong guy, yeah, a very strong guy. Now, Samson was a great, great guy. His birth was prophesied, what he was going to do before he was even born. Uh, I'm not going to stay too long on him, but uh, Samson obviously was was a very supernaturally strong guy, right? Uh, To fight the Philistines, and he was a judge. So, very important Great position in the whole of the uh, Judaic and the Israel, uh, you know, familyhood and so on and so forth, right? This guy was so strong that he did not need to go anywhere with an army. He went on his own. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Rishi, Rishi Sunak and all the European they say, let's send Samson to go and deal with Putin. He's not going with army and going. he's just going one him one like that. In fact, he's so strong, it's there in the Bible, isn't it? That <laughs> he, he, he killed 1,000 men with, 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 with a jawbone of a donkey. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Marvel, Marvel films, they are just joking with their saw and their, uh, you know, you know, do you understand? One jaw of a donkey. Hey, come. Wah, wah. You wah oh, boom ah uh-huh, you come here boom eh, you boom bam one jawbone of a donkey that guy yeah it's, I didn't write the Bible is there right so now but this guy so believed his God and so believed the power that he had been given that he did some weird things. He liked women, not just women harlots. Not just any woman who no. is looking for Harlot. Say, you come here. I want you today. Go over there. Wait for me. And this is a guy who knew himself in God. So eventually, the Philistines, the enemy, they spotted his weakness. And that's what Satan does to every one of us. The way is going to come and get you It's going, oh, mm, you like? It? You like plenty sugar in your coffee? All right. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. I will send people to be asking you, how many coffee, how many sugars, how many, and be pouring. Eventually, what happened? Diabetes. That's just a silly way to explain that your weaknesses and your limitations, unchecked, 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 will have consequences, right? So, uh, he got to Delilah, a Philistine, beautiful harlot. This must have been the most beautiful of harlots. So the elite harlots would be, you know, if you are elite harlot, that means you are educated, you speak well, you look good, you smell good, you are clean. Everything is about you. You are so elite, you don't even look like a harlot. You don't look like any of the other harlots. The way you walk. It's so unhalotish. Right? So Samson got to this woman in her place. And you know, imagine he's going with the enemy. He knows he's the enemy, but he believe himself. And he has the right to believe himself. He has seen, he has seen God has given him this power. Anyway, Delilah. Tried to find the secret to his strength. And you know the secret was in his hair. Right? Samson so believed himself. That (laughs) he would just give her one story. To be the wrong one. The next day. She came again. She herself believed herself too. You. I will get you. Baby. What do you want to eat? Cook his nicest meal. On all her champs. And Samson, too. Yeah, that is beautiful. Anyway, going on, going on, going on, going on. He eventually told her I, I I could do a whole preaching on just Samson, what happened here. But what I'm trying to get at is that obviously they cut the hair, he lost his power, and they came, they grabbed him, they blinded him. Just imagine, can't even see again. You know, right? And they jailed him. Now imagine how he felt. Man, I lost all that that God gave me. Because in the Old Testament, when you make a covenant, you break it. Ha! It now, That's it. Do you understand? Right? So, anyway, they were having a big party. There must have been about 3,000 people there, right? The Philistines. And they brought him out, changed him to mock him, to show, hey, <laughs> look. You understand? So, This is what happens when you don't check something about yourself. You don't check it. You just leave it. You leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. It's like a torn something in your jeans. If you leave it, leave it, leave it, leave it. Eventually, it will get so big. You know, some people, they like to wear shred, shred here, shred here, shred here. I look at them and say, man, what's that? But they think I'm so tight, I can start falling off now. You understand? You know, if you don't check, you can ruin something, you know, like your car needs fixing, you don't fix it, you don't fix it, you don't fix it. Eventually, it will become a very expensive job. You might even have to sell the car, buy a new one because you didn't check it. So imagine that on your soul. So something has ended up in this place. You can't see now. Lost all his power and is bald. But even in that state, he asked God, he said, Father God, you remember the ones I read? He said, he must have said, it is not really said how long that prayer was, but all the time he was in the jail, he must have had time to think. He must have had time to go, man, I brought this on myself. You understand? He must have even been talking to God, you know, saying, man, I'm sorry. I'm, you know, like coming to God. But the time when he asked God, he said, Father God, give me the strength one more time. God, the hair had grown back by this time. So it must have taken time for the hair to grow. And in that time, when you are pondering on the things that you do and I do, that we know is not quite right. Yeah? In that time, you are reflecting. Because if you stop reflecting, then, oh, (laughs) let me not even go there if you stop reflecting. You're all in church today, so I know you are continuing to reflect, and you're coming to come and praise God. are going to thank God, and so on and so forth. So the hair grew. He must have been reflecting, reflecting, reflecting all that time. Maybe God was talking to him. I don't know, but we do know that he prayed. God gave him the strength instantly. That God had mercy on him. <laughs> God said, okay, I'm going to give you back, even though you broke the covenant, even though you did this, even though you did that, even though you understand, right? I'm going to give you. And he and he pulled those pillars down. He killed more people in that day than all the time he had been he had been fighting. Imagine that. And he killed himself too. He said, "All of you are going." And he did it for who? His God. And you would think that. Oh, look at him. He went after a prostitute. Oh, he was doing this. Oh, he was arrogant. He was. You know, how we like to judge, right? But in the New Testament, I think it's Paul or Peter speaks about Samson. They talk, his name is called in with Abraham, with all those guys, imagine. So let's encourage ourselves. It doesn't matter where your spiritual, where you are standing right now. Grace is available for you to take you from here to where God wants you to be. And as he's taking you, you are getting more encouraged. You are getting more encouraged. That one you can overcome. You are ready for the next one. You are ready to tell somebody else. You understand? You are now doing the will of God. So you bring more grace. So you can continue to do it. So I'm encouraging you to keep like, you understand, reflect. Come come to God and make yourself uh, uh, available to that grace. Okay, so that's the New Testament. Let's come away from um, Samson for a little bit. Now, this is uh, difficult for me uh, to tell you this, but I have to. Because many of you, uh, when I come sometimes, you say, Oh, how's auntie? How's the children? But what you may not know, and I always say, yeah, they're fine, they're fine, and they are fine. But what you may not know is that I'm divorced now. And it was Pastor Charles, I know, I know. It was Pastor Charles that married us. Now, that was 10 years ago. I'm telling you this not because I'm proud or anything but to demonstrate how I tasted and got an insight of grace. Okay? I'm not going to a marriage council or anything like that, but I can talk to the guys after if you want. Okay? Now, when I got married, I, you make a vow, innit? And I meant it. But going on, going on, it got to the point where this divorce came. And I tell you, it was a moment of great pain, shame, dishonor, uh, the structure of the authority towards your children, all changes when that happens. Right? And it is the children that will get hit. I'm speaking slowly because I had no idea that my daughter was going to be here today. But somehow grace is at play. I had no idea. We haven't seen each other for, because I live in Devon, and but we're always talking. She's a lovely daughter, always calls me, always, we're tight. And she's come down to go to a dance class, So she told me last night. She said, I'm coming to London. Ah, we're going to finally meet, because our schedules were always shifting. I said, well, I'm going to be at church today, and I have to give the word. She said, well, okay, we'll try and meet, because I'm going back, and so I was thinking, uh-uh, should I change? Should I not tell my testimony? But I'd already purposed before God that I was going to. So now this happened in 2012, and in that year, I lost my dad, passed away. He's been to this church. I lost my mom-in-law, who was a very inspirational, humble woman of God. right? Tremendous lady. She's been to this church as well. She died. She was a woman that you could go to, talk to. She was so calm, so quiet, so humble. I mean, wow. Lost her. Got divorced. And one thing led to another. It wasn't anything to do with my my, my ex-wife. But I ended up homeless. Completely homeless. I could have gone places, but I needed to be near my children. Do you understand? Because my next thing was, how am I going to try and make it better? But I had no money. I was on the streets of Birmingham, on the streets. Very cold, December. March. I became diabetic and high blood pressure and I lost my agent. All happened in 12 months. I was wandering the streets of, of, of Birmingham, crying. Because I was 50. How am I going to get back from there? What trade am I going to learn so I can support my children, support my aging mom? You know, things were happening back. Had uh, my father, yes, my father pa- passed. You know, the last money I had, we took, I took to go back. Man, this is not, this is, this is not, it, is not it, was, it was really the bottom. And then on top of that, self-condemnation. I thought you are a Christian. This is forget for it's me telling me now. Thought you are a Christian. How could how can it come to this? Right? Finally, I managed to get into a homeless hostel shelter with all kinds of people there. Some of them were not, some were criminals, some had just come out, some were drug addicts, and some were just people like you and me. For one reason or another, they ended up without place. They were in this place. I had one small bed with one little, and you know my father was a lawyer. Done a lot for me. In the, you know when we were younger. I said, how, how, how? at fifty? How? Not I had nothing. And the way my agent dropped because without a good agent, you cannot get you cannot get interviews, and then you can't get it. You can't. Ah, fifty. Who am I going to study at that time? To meet the needs that were on the on the on the table. I remember eating breakfast in the, in, the, um, in the, you know, canteen there. One, the, the conflicts is soggy, the milk tastes somehow. And I was eating like this, and I just started crying in the middle of the place. And one of the supervisors came over and said, you're not used to this, are you? I said, no, I'm not. They had seen it before. Man, I went up to my room. I sat, I knelt down to my bed. It wasn't even a long prayer. I said, Father God, remove me from this place inside two weeks because I, I, I have to get back. I have to get going. Obviously, I'd for forgiveness many times. I'd, you know, my ex-wife, the children, we, we, we did our best to, you know, birthdays. We still did our best for them, right? But this is right at the beginning of the situation, uh, anyway, cut a long story short, within two weeks I was out, and they put me in uh, one of these uh, over-50s <laughs> over, <laughs> over places, but I didn't know it was an over-50 place. Every room had re- orange cord, and any time we went in the room, they were saying, oh, any issue, just pull this cord, any issue, just pull this cord. So, I said, what so when we got back to the place, I said, what is this orange cord? orange cord to pull what they said because they said well if you have any problem like you are heart attack or this that you just pull it and they will run and come I said I'm a strong guy why why do I need to be in, inside this place? Then I remembered when they were showing me around that they were even older people 80 90 you know pushing Zima train like Zima you know and I was thinking man this is the um, this is my end is this my end ah uh, by that time, I'd been on television. I'd done all this. I was thinking, ah, so this is it now. <clears throat> I said, I don't, want to go, I don't want to go there. I said, look, I'm a strong, fit guy, right? They said, look, you need to get in the system. And then once you're in the system, you can get a, a council flat and this and that. I didn't want council flat, you know. So I said, okay. The day that I was supposed to move, they stole the gas meter and the electricity meter out of the house, which means that you can't go in health and safety. The day, was, the day I was supposed to move in, right? So, and my room had been taken. There was nowhere for me now. I was homeless again. So they said, ah, we, we have one room right at the top of the building. That's where we put unclassified people. People who don't have NI, people who don't have, you know, proper passport. And they said, they put me there. So I came from homeless to almost home to unclassified unclassified, there was no classification for me and that's where I spent Christmas for the first time, away from my children no Christmas because children are not allowed in those places, can you imagine man I cried I was crying several times a day at how I could have ended up like that anyway I ended up, I I got into the place no carpet, no toilet roll no. there was nothing in that house no bed, nothing nothing. I slept on the floor. Anyway, I began now. So, this is like 2013. How am I going to get back? I, I said, Father God, look, you know I'm sorry, but I really need to get back and I don't know how. And if it's going to be in the art still or acting, I said, I cannot at 50, I cannot start in some weird at the bottom. I said, you have to put me in a, in a, sort of a shop window. That's how I put me in a shop window where certain people can still see. That's if I still have it, you know, and then I can progress, right? That was the prayer. Now, I did many volunteering things, signing on, different things. I said, boy, if you don't want me to do that, show me what else I can do. I tried to turn my experience into workshops, into go to schools, things like that. That's another long story. Anyway... um, (laughs) I kept going to church, sitting at the back. The church I was going, the pastor told me plain, I don't have any experience of divorce. He just told me like that. Yeah, he said, I don't have any experience of divorce, right? So, but I kept going. I kept going. I kept trying to get with God, get straight with God, God you know. And eventually, I'll be seeing buses, you know, red-dove buses, and on the buses when they advertise films, so I will be see Idris Elba waving at me on the bus like this. Or I will see Chuitel, Chuitel Ejufa. I don't know if you know him. He, I know. I know Chuitel. I remember when he started, he on the bus, on the bus going by, like this. I had one shoe, and I'll be looking at these buses, advertising, big films, things like that. Even my children used to say, when we were all together in the same house, how come you don't go to Hollywood? Don't worry about us, or go and make money? And I was looking. I said, ah man, I used to know those guys. Hey, okay, maybe maybe that's the end for me. Cut a big long story short. Um, I ended up doing I ended up doing a lead role in theatre, quite a good theatre in in um, in, in Dulston there, off West End. And I realized, ah, I'm I'm still improving actually, but I didn't know whether it was going to be enough to bring in the, 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 the finances to support my kids and get them through. And also, I said, God, I want them to be proud of me. And my ex-wife had said, whatever you do, just try and make your children proud of you. Right? So at the end of this particular job, the director came and said, uh, do you know that there is a big play going on at the National Theater? It's called Baba Shop Chronicles. I said, I never heard of it. What? She said, they've got one more person they're looking for. They've been looking for six months too. And I didn't know. Imagine. You see where the grace is coming now, right? And uh, anyway, I, uh, I went. The woman, the director, one white lady, she told me about it, but behind my back, she wrote to the national. She wrote to them, the casting people. She said, I, you need to see this guy. She didn't tell me. Unbeknownst to me as well, I only found out months later, the writer of that play, Inua Elam's, very big, famous Nigerian writer now, who wrote Baba's Shop*. he had come to see the play that I was in. And he also had gone back, behind my back, and said, you need to see this guy. Right? Anyway, I got the job. And the job, I asked God, I said, if this is your will, I want it to be roles that only I can do. Nobody else can do them but me. Because I didn't want any feke feke, Why yo?" kind of roles, I would rather go and do any other thing, you understand? Healthcare assistant. I don't mind, because I've had my time anyway, maybe that's it, you understand? But if I'm going to go back, it needs to be something that I can testify to and tell, tell people about God about. And it was, I kicked the heck out of that role. I'm telling you, I damaged it. That one, I'm not even, it's not even like boast or whatever, it's a fact. It's a fact. People talk about it. That show ended up going to Australia, ended up going to New Zealand, ended up going to America. I did 192 of those shows. Right? So then I... But, but, but it was very tough. Eight shows a week. I was now 54, 55... You know, going home because when you're touring, you're on your own, it's cold, this, that, you know, diabetes was getting worse because I was... So what I'm saying is, all the time I was needing grace. All the time. And and I did not do anything to deserve that. I did not plan it. I didn't even know the thing was happening. God brought it. Now, I've closed the testimony now. The thing about being in... that, that, That was a shop window. Why? Because only the biggest and the best casting directors go there. If you are a casting director that is a, of, of somebody, the casting directors are people who go and they look for actors, dancers, and blah, blah, blah. You go to the National, you go to the Royal Shakespeare Company, you go maybe to some Western or the Young Vic, you understand? So they all go there as part of their job. So they've all seen me. You understand? Then the agent I'm now with had seen me. And this agent has access to Films. And TV, which if I was going to continue, it had to be that. You understand? Not that I was demanding of God, but I was just saying, look, if I'm going to do this and I'm coming to 60, you know, well, it has to be something that I can earn or I have to do something else. And even if it doesn't earn that much, but at least I'll have the peace that I tried. And that is not supposed to be that route. You understand me? Right? So this guy had seen it. That's the agent. So they saw it. Then during lockdown, everybody was at home. The national went and played all their all their old uh, 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 you know productions because they'd filmed them. So all the casted, all these people, casting the directors, filmed the directors, they were all sitting at home and they got to see it again. You understand? And I flashed before them again. Okay. Now what I'm trying to say is, this sounds like, oh, what a fantastic... Yeah. But there was still pain and suffering as I was still trying to get over, you know, being on my own and trying to still get money to children, trying to see them and all of this, all these things, you know? And last year to this year, I've done nine films. Some of them are small, which, which, because I had to almost start again in that industry now, right? I had to learn how to audition for that because I'd be doing theater. So I had to almost start like a baby. So I was continually having to remove pride You know, by force, not like I'm so good or whatever, by force. If you know that they won't give you a job unless you have done, they they need to know that you can handle being in set, being in those, because it's very time is money. If you are somebody who's late, somebody you can't take direction, you understand? Or you're talking too loud and the camera is like this, then they don't take you, they take the other person, even though they might want you. You know what I mean? So I said to my agent, just give me any rule, even if it's two lines, one small, I'm fine. You understand, so that's what started to happen. But guess what God did? Every job I've done from last year to this year has been with a major actor in the scene that I'm doing. So I've worked with Angela Bassett this year. I've worked with Ray Winston. I've worked with uh, 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 Peter Capaldi, who played Doctor Who. I, I mean, I can just give you name. Millie Bobby Brown, all the serious people. So uh, Ta- To the point where I was going. Uh, then I began to notice the pattern. Something is happening, you know? And I became more and more humble and quiet because I didn't want the pattern to change. <laughs> I did. Come <laughs> Because I can be quite, uh, you know, I don't like racist. I don't like things like this. In the past, I've been known to like, what do you think you're doing? You don't know that my people built this country. I've been like that. I said, don't come and tell me nonsense. So, like that, if I lose the job, I lose the job. I used to be like that. What are you telling me? My ancestors built this country. Right, And we are still building it with our diamonds and our gold. I'm like that. Huh? I knew if I open my mouth like that in this situation, that pattern might change. So come and see me. Oh, thank you very much. Hello. Wonderful day. Oh, oh, it's marvelous. Oh, I, I love your shoes. Marvelous. Oh, you've got a lovely dress on today. Oh, thank God. You can see me. I go for makeup. Hello, everybody. How are you? Yeah. I don't death in paradise. It's coming out next year. And did Death in Paradise, Guadeloupe, Right? I was there for three weeks, and it was a good role. The role was now bigger. I'm, I was playing the mentor of, <laughs> I'm going to call her name, Chantel Jackson. She is a Jamaican lead actress in Death in Paradise. I was having to mentor her, her character. She's a Christian. The first day we met, we, we talked for four hours on spiritual matters. So not only that, I was, not only had he put me in there, he made me find people that I could talk about the Bible to. Angela Bassett, she prays. You know? So I'm not saying that to big myself or anything like that because the journey is not anything to, to big myself up about. I can only say it's God. I didn't do anything so fantastic because there are hundreds of actors for every job. Hundreds and Hundreds. If you don't come, quick, there's another one there. They don't care. If you die, other one. If you seek, other one. Quick, the next day. The next day, take some seconds like that. Somebody will replace you. Do you understand? So it's by grace. Are you guys getting what I'm trying to say? Are you understanding why I told that? I might never tell that again in, in, a, in a, you know, something like this. But I don't see the point in bringing a message which I have experienced grace, man. I did deserve it. I I, I I didn't do anything like won some big award or anything like that, man. And I'm never going back either, I'm telling you. Right? As long as God, I'll tell you another thing quickly. Another one, there's a friend of mine called Bemi Ikumulu. She's a Christian girl. She's won an award. She's a writer and an actress now. She called me when I was doing uh, this show that Angela Bassett was on. In fact, I had one scene where the three of the biggest stars, my character was talking to the three of them. And when they said, action, I was looking, I'm thinking, what am I doing in front of these people? How did I get here? And I understood it by grace. Do you understand that? I understood it. You can know something, but to understand it and experience it is another thing. That's why I'm telling it to you. You understand, right? Um, what was I saying just before that? Yeah. No. What was I saying just before I moved? The lady. Which lady? Eh? Huh? Yeah, Bemi. Right. Well done. God bless you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Bemi is a Christian. Wonderful Christian sister. Wonderful Christian sister. She started in faith drama. I heard you, maybe one day she will come. Right, She is a solid, solid, anyway, over lockdown, she won an award and blah, blah, blah. And we've been talking all these years. And she said, Patrice, I'm calling you now because we need somebody to play this particular role. It's a pastor. But they've not been able to find somebody that is mature to play this role. It's only two lines, she said. So I'm embarrassed to ask you because she knows my CV and stuff like that. She said, but I'm calling you personally because we can't get anybody. I'm sorry, Patrice, it's just two lines. I said, Bemmy. He a Christian sister. I said, I'll do it, because by that time, Atlanta, hello, how are you? Are you okay? Yes, lovely shoes. Atlanta, you know, Double small cool down, man. You know? I said, I'll do it. I said, Bemi, if it's one word for you, my Christian sister, I'll do it. I said, but you're going to have to call my agent to explain to my, write a letter, nice letter to say why the thing is so small. Because agents, they want money. You understand? You just look at it and go, what's this? He's just finished working with Angela Bassett. What, 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 what's the thing? What's, I mean, he's not doing this. So she wrote the letter. Now, when I got on set, I got into the, the director called us. So said, okay. <laughs> there was about 16 choirs. They were all genuine Christians standing there. The choir. Right? For this scene. Then the congregation was a little bit bigger, maybe, maybe 35, 40 people. They were all they'd gathered them from different churches. And, they, and there's a real band there too. All of them were Christians. <laughs> so then the director was show, okay, stand here and this and then he suddenly went. He called Bemi. He said there. And then he called Bemi and I think the whoever was leading the choir. He said, um, at this point in the script, what normally happens in a church? And Bemi is a committed Christian. So she said, oh, this normally happens, this not. Then the guy turned to me. said, uh, I want you to improvise till I say cut. So, straight away, my two lines, by the abundance of grace, turned to many, 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 many lines. Right? Many, many, I don't know how many they are going to take, but the point, of course, I wasn't even acting. I was properly praising God. I was running up and down like this. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you about Jesus. And the, the congregation was answering. The, 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 the choir was going pretty. It was just like church. We had church that day. The white crew, the cameraman, the microphone people, they were all going, is this normally what happens in church? Is this what is this what happens in church? They were like that. Oh my goodness. I I was praising God like. Ah, Bemi herself said, I now understand what, why God has put me inside this BBC. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? The great, have you, you understand the testimony, how, how it's going, how it's going, how it's going, right? From a wretch, a wretched situation. And I was truly wretched. Try spending one night in London with no food, just one night in this December. See, see how you feel. And there was people I was calling. They were not saying, oh, Patrice, come. Come and spend the night here. Yeah. So it was truly wretched to that situation where I was now in a professional. The whole day, they were doing that scene the whole day. And I was just praising God, praising God. The scriptures were just coming, flowing. The whole, the, 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 I mean, we were so encouraged that day. At the end of, it was work. We were all hugging each other because we knew. People were saying, is that guy a pastor? Because I felt something, you know, I felt, yeah, so what is the moral of the story? Go to him because you have to spend time it's all very well, we can come, we can pray that's very good, and it's very necessary. but you have to spend time with God, no distractions, even if it's ten minutes. if you are going one, two, three, four, five years, you are limiting the the, the, the flow of grace, is there already. Because when you give your life to Christ, spiritual blessings have been given to you instantly. That's all part of the grace, right? Jesus is sitting on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, interceding, the advocate. Jesus sees, God sees you through Christ. He's looking at the righteousness of Christ and he's seeing you. Do you understand? That's why Jesus is there. That's why he's giving you the Holy Spirit. It's all part of the package of grace, do you know? But you have to come to that point to say, by yourself, on, on, one-to-one. And when you talk, don't talk plenty at God. Don't just be asking for God, God for things. I didn't ask him for those things. I said, I just want to make my children proud. Now, however, that could have happened. It could have happened. You understand? But that's the way he chose it. So I'm not so much looking at all those blessings, thinking, oh, look, I'm this now. I'm looking at the one who, who gave it to me. Right, rightly or wrongly, it took me that long to experience it at that, to that level, but I still thank God anyway. So now it's just to keep going and to encourage you guys. Find your time with him on your own, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, no distractions, no TV on, you know, sometimes you have to do it early in the morning. You find your time when it's quiet, and it's quite difficult because you've got so many things going on. Do you understand? So many things going on, but that's how you open the gates. That's how you begin to, oh God, great. Oh, right. And then you get emboldened now to keep going. If you don't have time, find somebody that can call you or somebody to help you. Do you know what I mean? Because we're all, we all go through seasons with our, with our walk with Christ. Yes? Amen? We do. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, right? But this local church has been going how many years? And you're all still here. You some of you who are there from how long? You're still going. That's by grace. It's still going. Do you know what I mean? And you're part of the body of Christ. right? You are part of the body. Even if you're home, you're still part of the body. Not just the physical room that you're in. Do you understand? So find that time. And when you go, go with a grateful heart. Gratitude and humility is what opens the flow of grace. It's there, but you have to now make yourself available to it. And you do that by coming down, Talking to him and be honest. If you can't be honest with God, who can you be honest with? Just tell, because He knows anyway. He sees everything anyway. He's just waiting for you He says, "Come on, my child. Come on, boy. let's talk about it. I help you. If you he can help something, He can help you. Do you understand me? If I can give something that strength, He can do it for you. Why not? Why we say no? No, you. God's not like that. We are like that. God is not like that. God is love. Do you understand? So please, just take that in mind. Now, was, oh, I thought that was going to be hard. It was hard. I thought I was going to cry. Because when I was preparing, I cried. Just thinking about, Father God, wow, wow. And he made sure that he did put that pattern there. So that, I, because it could have just been any job. It could have even been a big job with millions. But the fact that it had the pattern. And all those people have names I've just called. Were such lovely people. They embraced me. They brought the, you know? So I suddenly felt, wow, I have moved into another level of, of my work now. Do you understand? It was very clear. And now more auditions are coming because of who I've worked with. Do you understand? More are coming, which actually gives me the time to work on my own because I want to do drama and faith. I want to be able to come to churches all over and encourage. I want to go to Kumasi. Do you understand? I want that time. And if, if, if I don't have the, the financial, if I'm just always working, always working, always working, then I don't have time to go. Pastor Charles, I'm coming for two weeks. Do you understand? What help do you need? That's, what I, that's my real heart. To help, to serve. And the other thing is, when you go in that quiet place, go with a mentality of service. Because if you, because that is the kingdom mentality. The kingdom mentality is one of service, because that's what Jesus did. Yeah? He didn't come to go, oh, worship me; be? He came to serve. Do you understand? To help, to heal, to teach, to deliver, to encourage, to breathe to up. You know, that's what he came to do. So if you're following Jesus, you want that mentality, and believe you me, it, it will be difficult, I'm not saying, but your, God is looking at your heart. God must have looked at my heart, not my Do you understand? My mess was looking at my heart. Is this guy serious about repenting? Is he serious about trying to get over this? Is he serious about doing better? Yeah? Do you understand? And then the grace will come and you suddenly find, oh, there will be others, believe you me, there will be other struggles. The amount of women that are coming. Oh, ah, lovely beard. Yeah, And I'm going, Jesus loves you, my sister. Yeah, I'm telling people about Jesus now. Right there in that, in that environment. Do you see what I mean? But, well, yeah, what I want to say was service. This, the, the service, being of service is the kingdom mentality. And if God knows that you are wanting to wear that, that mantle, that you want to be of service, ha, God will give you what is necessary so that his will will be done. Yeah, why will he not? To, to pay your rent and council tax, this is small fry. Why are you praying for that? That is small. That the pagans do that. He already knows you need that. It's like what's more? What is more? Just look at the life of Jesus. When you have time, you could do a study just on Jesus, just on him. How did he move? How did he pray? How did he answer people? Just that. That's the one we have, That's the one that saved us. That's the one. That's why we're here today. So check him out. Do you understand? When you, go in, when you go in that private college, it can be 10 minutes. Don't be, you don't have to start doing like Noah and Abraham, you know, some of these guys. You know what I'm saying? Do what you can till God expands you to do more. Do you understand me? But don't be going weeks and weeks and weeks without that quiet time with him. And God is not going to force you. Or if you leave the tracer to a bus, eventually the situation will force you to, to, to you see what I'm saying? You know? Okay, so now we're just going to close with some, with, some, with some scriptures which will actually underline and underscore. I hope you don't mind that I shared that with you. Um, I know I'm not going to see this in any newspaper. <laughs> but the time will come, by grace of God, when I'll stand there and I'll say, I'm standing here because of Jesus. If you're LGBT and you don't like it, so you come, let's pray. You understand? If you are any other, whatever, you don't like it. But that's, that's my truth. If it means I have to stop doing what I'm doing because I've confessed Christ in a certain place, fine. It's by grace I'm saved, and I'm sure grace will take me on to other pastors. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. So now, uh, Ephesians two eight nine. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Gift. It's a gift, not by works, so that no one can boast. I cannot boast about any of this testimony I've just told you. I can't boast about it. Say, oh, it's because I'm. It's not. I, I, if I look in the mirror, the mirror will tell me, don't lie. You. Do you understand? I just can't. You can see it, right? Okay. What is a gift? Proverbs seventeen eight says, a gift is a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. So the gift of grace. Are you seeing it clearly? Because if you are seeing it, then you're going to hold it like it's precious. You understand? Okay, so Ephesians 3, 7. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Gift is a gift. Here, here, I want to just bless you with this gift. So learn what the gift is about. Learn about it. The more you learn, the more you know, the more it fills you, the more you can whatever. So power, what is this power? Ephesians 1, verse 19. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. That's the working of his power. It's the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That is the power. Yeah, that's the power. That is the power that is inside the grace. You understand? Right? For above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, every name, Kanye, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Those rich men, Moscow, Richisuna, any name you can imagine, any kind of name, the name of Jesus is above that name. Not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. So there's one age to come. Don't just stay in this one. Imagine the one to come. Right? And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, Jesus, to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Okay? So as I close, and I'm going to close with the word, because there's sometimes in the Bible, no matter how eloquent you are, it cannot beat what the Bible has already said. So I'm going to close with this. Um... But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you. He was patient with me when I messed up man oh let nobody get divorced here unless they are beating you or doing some very bad thing and you just have to leave because that shame that way you are going to feel and the way satan will try to say "You, you are not don't even go back to god again look instead he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance but the day of the lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Not me talking about the Bible. You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire. And the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this... Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction, like my landlady this morning. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard, so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace, grow in the what? Grow in the what? Grow in the what? Oh, I thought you did here. A knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. God bless you all. Hang on to grace. Learn more about it. Sit on the bus, learn more about grace. Because without grace, we cannot be saved. It's all by grace. Not by what you and I can do. It's just by grace. You mess up, come back. You don't understand, come back. You understand? You get it right, come back still, because it's by grace okay thank you very much for being patient god bless you all take it easy if you were blessed by today's message why not share it with a loved one and as always stay connected by visiting our website at www.lwmi.org.uk we hope you were blessed